News when you want it with Bloomberg News Now. I'm Doug Krisner. And I'm Brian Curtis in Hong Kong with this breaking news. The U.S. Senate has overwhelmingly approved a temporary funding measure to avert a government shutdown. The 87 to 11 vote Wednesday night sends the measure already passed by the House to President Joe Biden. He's expected to sign it before the shutdown deadline on Friday night. Now back to Doug Krisner. Presidents Joe Biden and Xi Jinping have agreed to restore high-level military communications. Now, this represents one area of agreement as the two leaders met on the sidelines of the APEC summit in San Francisco. Here's Biden speaking at a press conference. We're reassuming military-to-military contacts, direct contacts. As a lot of you press know, follow this, that's been cut off and it's been worrisome. That's how accidents happen, misunderstandings. So we're back to direct, open, clear, direct communications on a a, a direct basis. Biden and Xi also agreed to combat fentanyl and hold a dialogue about artificial intelligence. Now, as Biden ended the news conference, he was asked whether Xi is a dictator. And Mr. President, after today, we do still refer to President Xi as a dictator. This is a term uh, that we used earlier this year. Well, look, he is. I mean, he's a dictator in the sense that he he is a guy who runs a country that is a communist country that is based on a form of government totally different than ours. The dictator remark may steal the headlines and is likely to irk Beijing. Meantime, the White House is getting frustrated with Israel over its conduct during the war with Hamas, and critics are saying the U.S. is essentially contributing to the problem by continuing to provide weapons to Israel. Bloomberg National Security Correspondent Nick Wadham says there's no indication the Biden administration will impose conditions for receiving those weapons. There's still very much a desire to keep that weaponry flowing. However, we do know that there is also some pressure on Israel, not only from the U.S., but obviously from the rest of the world, and that may be getting through. You had uh, the foreign minister a couple of days ago saying that Israel understood it had about two or three more weeks uh, to be able to conduct this campaign before it really started to face severe questions about uh, what the foreign minister called its international legitimacy. Bloomberg's Nick Wadhams in Washington. Officials in Gaza are saying more than 10,000 people have been killed since the war began. Well, he's not running for re-election, but Senator Joe Manchin did raise some eyebrows today when he hinted at a possible run for the White House. In an interview with NBC moderator Kristen Welker, the West Virginia Democrat said he would consider running if there's an appetite among voters for a moderate candidate. I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure and mobilize that moderate, sensible, common sense middle. The middle's gone. There's not many of us centrists left. And if I can reinvigorate that, and I said, I will do everything that I possibly can. That is Senator Joe Manchin. He went on to say that he's absolutely scared to death that Donald Trump will become president again. Microsoft has unveiled its first homegrown semiconductor designed for AI and cloud computing. The story from Bloomberg's Denise Pellegrini. The Maya 100 chip announced at the company's annual Ignite conference in Seattle will provide Microsoft Azure cloud customers with a new way to develop and run AI programs that generate content. And Microsoft is already testing this chip with its Bing and Office AI products. And also Microsoft's well-known main AI partner, chat GPT maker OpenAI, is also testing the processor. And both Maya and the server chip Cobalt will debut in Microsoft data centers early next year. It's all an attempt by Microsoft 
Microsoft to take more control of its technology and ramp up its AI-related offerings. And by the way, Microsoft also announced new software that lets clients design their own AI assistants. Denise Pellegrini, Bloomberg Radio. Target reported third quarter earnings, and these results reflect fewer markdowns and better inventory management. Here is Bloomberg's Jennifer Bartashis. Target's results today were very encouraging, um, you know, and it does give a little bit of optimism for the fourth quarter. So when they beat across the board with revenue, same store sales, um, you know, we did see a, a great increase in margin. Um, that's all really because the some of the productivity initiatives that they've put in place are starting to really help uh, take cost out of the business. That is Bloomberg's Jennifer Bartash as we had shares in Target jumping more than 17 percent. Incidentally, the retail giant Walmart will report its third quarter results tomorrow morning before the U.S. Open. That's news when you want it with Bloomberg News Now. I'm Doug Krisner and this is Bloomberg. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.